Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Today's date is March 9th, 2015. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Barack Hussein Obama gave his speech in Selma. And, of course, it was all about Barack Hussein Obama. It was all about him. And it's interesting, and I'm going to point out a fact to you, and you're going to you're going to love the irony, the irony of this fact. Barack said, uh, "Well, with no with no re-election to worry about, and no Hillary Clinton around to steal his thunder." Barack Obama, President Obama, must have felt free Saturday to speak in Selma, Alabama. Free, without fabricating stories about his ties to the civil rights movement, of which he has none. But that didn't mean that Obama escaped his dishonest past. (laughs) Conservative columnist Michelle Malkin reminded the world Saturday of a speech Obama delivered at the Edmund Pettus Bridge in 2007 when the then-senator was in the early stages of a presidential run and trying to make sure his African-American bona fides were well-recorded. Because of the Selma March, this is... This is what he said. Because of the Selma March, a young man named Barack Obama was given the opportunity to come over to this country where he met this woman whose great, great, great grandfather had owned slaves. The senator said just weeks before announcing his bid for the presidency. So, They got together, and Barack Obama Jr. was born. So don't tell me I don't have a claim on Selma, Alabama. Don't tell me I'm not coming home to Selma, Alabama. (laughs) When When you watch the 2007 speech, note Obama's newly acquired southern accent where the hell that came from I don't know (laughs) there's only one problem with the whole speech folks only one problem just one Obama was born on August 4th 1961 almost four years before the Selma march (laughs) But that doesn't stop Barack Obama from making up a story, lying his ass off. You don't believe it? Listen to the speech. Check it out. Something happened in Birmingham that sent out what Bobby Kennedy called ripples of hope all around the world. Something happened when a bunch of women decided we're going to walk instead of ride the bus. 
after a long day of doing somebody else's laundry and looking after somebody else's children. When, when men who had PhDs were working as Pullman porters decided that's enough and we're going to stand up despite the risks for our dignity and our respect, that, that sent a shout across oceans. So that my grandfather began to imagine something different for his son. And his son, who grew up herding goats in a small village in Africa, could suddenly set the sights a little higher and suddenly believe that maybe a black man in this world had a chance. And what happened in Selma, Alabama, and Birmingham also stirred the conscience of the nation. And it worried folks in the White House who said, you know, we're battling communism. How are we going to win the hearts and minds all across the world if right here in our own country, John, we're not observing the ideals that are set forth in our Constitution? We might be accused of being hypocrites. So the Kennedys decided we're going to do an airlift. We're going to go out to Africa, and we're going to start bringing young Africans over to this country and give them scholarships to study so that they can learn what a wonderful country America is. And this young man named Barack Obama got one of those tickets and came over to this country. And he met this woman whose great, 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 great grandfather had owned slaves, but she had a different idea. There's some good craziness going on because they looked at each other and they decided we know that in, in the world as it has been, it might not be possible for us to get together and have a child. But something's stirring across the country because of what happened in Selma, Alabama, because some folks are willing to march across a bridge. And so they got together. Barack Obama Jr. was born. So don't tell me I don't have a claim on Selma, Alabama. Don't tell me I'm not coming home when I come to Selma, Alabama. All right, so that was his speech back in 2007. The whole speech was fraught with errors, and um, I don't think I want to use the word lies right now. I think I want to go with uh, falsehoods, perhaps. Can we go with with falsehoods or misleading statements? You know – if Obama was born August 4th, 1961, four years before the cell, well, you, I think you get the point. I think you get, get the point here. That the time that Obama said that the 1965 Selma March inspired his parents to conceive him, even though he was born in 1961. <laughs> How do you lie about something like that? How do you lie about that? But fast forward to Obama's speech a couple of days ago. You know, this speech turned out to be all about him. And just like this speech was all about him and not so much about Selma, it was all about him, his daddy, his his mama, and his grandfather. Well, this speech was more about him too. And instead of bringing the nation together, 
and solidifying the healing that's taken place over the last, what, four, five decades. Obama, once again, divided the nation into black versus white, into us versus them. Instead of saying that we've come a long way, but we've got a little bit further to go, he chose to divide the nation and speak to, guess who? Barack Hussein Obama. It's all about Obama. Maybe he wasn't born in 1961. Since we know so little, the dear leader, the great Barack Hussein Obama, maybe he was telling the truth. Maybe he was born in 1965. Maybe his white mother and his African dad got together to conceive Barack Jr. a couple days, maybe the night of the Selma March. Maybe they said, hey, you know what? Check out this march going on in Selma, Alabama. Let's make a baby. What do you say? Let's prove to the world that black and white can come together. Come on, come on. Let's make a baby. Let's bring a little life into this world. A little boy, a little girl. Maybe they were singing that song. I forget who sang that song. But anyway, it was the song from the 60s, from the 70s. Maybe they were maybe they were listening to that song and they decided to make a baby. Or maybe a Barack Hussein Obama was lying his ass off. How about that? How about that? Why been lying about everything? He didn't choose to to bring the nation together then. Billy Paul. <laughs> Billy Paul wrote that song. Let's make a baby. Yeah, there's a special offer. For Hold on a minute. There we go. Here we go. Hold on a minute. Maybe, maybe Barack and and Stanley got together. They were chilling. They had some ripple. They had a little ripple. They had a little white port. They were listening to this song, and they said, hey, let's bring the world together. Come on, come on. Maybe 20, 30 years from now, as a result of the marches in Selma, I, little boy, will grow up to be president of the United States of America. So come on, Stanley. Let's do the damn thing. Let's make ourselves a Barack Obama Jr. Think that's how it went down? Did that is that how it went down? I don't think so. I think Barack Obama was telling a story 
so that he could get <laughs> because you know what we have we have what we have in our nation what we had back then and what we have now are low information voters it's all about the abbreviation it's all about okay so it condensed the information to its lowest point just so it's barely understandable and folks will eat it up the way that the Obamas people and people like Obama, what they believe, and I, and I know this for a fact, is that only a select few are going to actually pick apart what he says and and fact check. There are only so few, and and you know what? Those few are going to be dismissed as haters, even if. Even when they pick apart this ludicrous speech he gave about his family, his mama and daddy, being inspired to conceive him based on the marches in Selma. Because what black folks are going to hear and what liberals are going to hear is what he said. And that's it. Because it's coming from Barack Obama. And why would he lie? And then there, there, there are the ultra-liberals who will say, so what does it matter? You know, I recently spoke with a friend of mine who talked about there being a world of gray. Well, there are gray areas. And the world is not black and white. There's, there are gray areas. And it's people like that who believe that there are no no real truths in this world, that there, there are no concrete belief system to stand on. There's no foundation, that everything's murky and gray, who go in for this kind of thing. They believe what they hear. Facts be damned. So let's switch gears for a minute. The American Thinker has an article that I read earlier today titled, Does Anybody Brief President Obama About Anything? by Silverio Canto Jr. And it goes to read… I'm going to read a little bit of it for you. We've seen this play before. Act 1. A scandal breaks out, such as the IRS allegedly targeting Tea Party groups. Act 2. President Obama tells a reporter that he read it in the newspaper. President Obama only learned of Hillary Clinton's private email address used for official State Department business after a New York Times report <laughs> After a New York Times report, he told CBS News in an interview, CBS News senior White House correspondent Bill Plant asked Mr. Obama when he learned about her private email system after his Saturday appearance in Selma, Alabama. He said, and I quote, the same time everybody else learned it through news reports, end quote. 
Is that crazy or what? He's the president of the United States. And how many times has he stated that he learned of some scandal by reading a newspaper? Why is he even the president of the United States? What the hell does he do all day? What the hell does he do all day except golf? We know he likes to golf. But, you know, is it just me, my fellow conservatives, listeners, liberals? Or because, you know what, here's the thing. Maybe I grew up in a world television where the president was a little more competent on TV or in the movies than he is in real life. Could that be it? Because a TV president would have had that locked up. He would have had somebody rush into his office, I need to see the president right away. Remember those movies? I need to see the president right away. Mr. President, blah, 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 and this is what this person is going to say, and this is what that person said, and maybe we can get a handle on it before it spreads, before it uh, gets too far off into the news, before the next news cycle hits. Maybe we can get ahead of this, Mr. President. Yes, Bill. Let's see if we can get ahead of it. Put so-and-so on it. Put so you know those. You know those movies? Those TV shows? But apparently it's not that way in real life. Barack Hussein Obama just kind of hanging out in the White House, and he's just chilling, and uh, he picks up a newspaper, and he, he – the New York Times, most likely, and he thumbs through it. Oh, what do we got here? Hillary's, uh, Hillary's uh, email thing? What's this all about? I didn't know anything about it. Damn. What else we got here? What's in the sports section? So, and then later on, he, he's reading the sports section, basketball or something like that. And then he goes to entertainment, reads something about Jay-Z and Beyonce. And then later on, someone asked him what happened, and he read about the news. I guess he doesn't have like a like a, like a chief of staff and all those minions that we see in television and movies. He doesn't have anybody like that to, you know, to 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 get in my head of stuff. Who is briefing the president of the United States? Does he have anybody at all, or am I just watching too much television? And what are they briefing him about if they're briefing him at all? To me, as though he's kept in the dark about scandals, or as though he is playing dumb when a scandal breaks out. This is what the article says. Third, what else is he in the dark about? What else is he going to learn over coffee when he's reading the front page of the New York Times? The article goes on to read at the very end, my guess is that this is all a huge strategy to shield the president from any accountability. However, he is accountable whether he understands it or not. It's getting old, very old. 
And folks are apt to dismiss Barack Obama's laziness, his lack of of true intellect, his lack of well, his inability to take his job seriously with oh, he's just he's just being clever. He's being shrewd. He, this is his strategy. Could it just could it be that Barack Hussein Obama is just plain dumb and lazy? Could it be that he's just lazy and he really doesn't care about the job of being president? He's probably chilling. He's eating caviar. He's eating good over there. He's got folks waiting on him hand and foot. They're treating him like, you know, like a president. You know, he, he's he's living in that nice fine house. Uh, he's been on the vacation of a lifetime, as Mary puts it. He can fly anywhere he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He's having a grand old time being president, but he's not really he doesn't care about actually doing the job that's that's what i'm getting you know the nuts and bolts of the job you know a lot's been said about bill clinton but at, at least bill clinton actually loved doing his job he loved waking up every morning being president of the United States and getting on the phone and taking care of business in between, you know, his dalliances. So what? The man had a healthy appetite. <laughs> but at least you could count on him to get on the phone with a Republican senator, a Democrat, uh, you know, whoever. And try to get something done. Did you know he hated to run? Remember he was. Remember that time we saw. You remember how many of you remember him running in those uh, in those in those uh, those tight uh, those tight shorts? I'll never forget it. But um, you know he. But he, he ran maybe two or three times a year. And uh, he he was rarely on the golf course because that involved you know some form of physical activity, other than the other kind he's used to. But he loved doing the job. But this guy, he just loves all the perks of being president. He loves it. But is he accountable? Can we count on him to do the work? No, we can't. Because he couldn't care less. So, you know, let's dismiss this idea that President Barack Hussein Obama is all, you know, he's just he's just so brilliant. He's trying to he's trying to psych us out as if he's like the the Columbo. He's the black President Columbo. Y- you know how Columbo would uh, would do his thing. And he, and, and so you wouldn't take him seriously. So you, so so you let your guard down. So you dismiss him as being not all that bright. So, folks are saying that Barack Obama. Well, the reason why you know he is because he he's psyching you out. He's really the smartest guy on earth. He's the smartest guy in the history of of the world. So they're not going to say the guy's as dumb as a box of rocks. Not at all. 
So <laughs> we're going to take a short break, and then we'll come right back, and then <laughs> and then we'll we'll talk about this speech because it was it was awful. We'll be right back. Test of strategic nuclear weapons readiness in Russia. Tens of thousands displaced in Turkey fighting. And South Korean police seek charges against U.S. ambassador attacker. These are the true news headlines. I'm D.W. Balch. Russia's strategic missile forces have begun an unannounced test of its nuclear weapons near the central Russian city of Yoshkar Ola. The Yoshkar Ola missile unit is armed with a Topol intercontinental nuclear-capable ballistic missile complex. In Iraq, some 28,000 people have been displaced as a military operation to retake the city of Turket for the Islamic State goes into its fourth day. In Paris, the head of the UN's cultural agency says the deliberate destruction of cultural heritage, such as the latest rampage in Iraq's archaeological site, amounts to a war crime. The Ling Tang has more. The numbers are difficult to verify, but humanitarian agencies say families continue to arrive in Samara every day. The civilians are fleeing from Tikrit, where Iraqi soldiers and Shiite militiamen are fighting to regain control of the key city from the Islamic State. Police in Seoul are seeking charges against a man accused of attacking the U.S. ambassador to South Korea with a knife. Kim Ki-jong faces charges of attempted murder and violence against a foreign diplomat. Nina Maria Potts has more. Kim Ki-jong, who has before tried to attack a foreign diplomat, the Japanese ambassador, four years ago, could also be charged with violating national security laws. Police are seeking charges of attempted murder and violence against a foreign mission as well. The attack left the U.S. ambassador to South Korea, Mark Lippert, with a four-inch knife wound to his arm and face that required three hours of surgery. A Palestinian terrorist rammed his car into a group of Israeli pedestrians near an Israeli police station in East Jerusalem, injuring four officers and a bystander, then lunged at a security guard with a knife before being shot and wounded. A review of emails sent and received by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton will take several months, stoking fears of Democrats that the issue could cloud her ability to seek the presidency. Mrs. Clinton has acknowledged failing to use official governmental email accounts while she was the Secretary of State. Simon Marks is in Washington. If Hillary Clinton and her supporters hoped the flap over her use of private email would be quickly resolved, they're in for a disappointment. Officials say it will take several months for the State Department to review 55,000 pages of email that Mrs. Clinton says she wants released to the public as soon as possible. Those documents were not archived on government servers, but on Mrs. Clinton's home computer network that she used throughout her time in office. Republicans sense a scandal, and they're issuing subpoenas to see if she's handed everything over. For more news, views, and comments, go to truenews.com. That's T-R-U-N-E-W-S dot com. I'm D.W. Balch.
defended this nation and each other. what Obama should have been talking about at the Selma commemoration, the 50th anniversary of the Selma commemoration. Mark, he should have been talking about brown paper and white paper sticking together with the tape, the tape of love. But no, no, he took the opportunity to further divide the nation into us versus them Black versus white, countries racist, those racist white folks. He used black Americans as beasts of burdens to haul the weight of his reprimand. He didn't talk about unity. He didn't talk about bringing us all together. He didn't talk about sticking us together. With the tape, the tape of love. No. Uh uh. Yeah. 
You know, Jemaine, I've been thinking about love. And I guess it's the very strongest adhesive. Oh, sorry, Britt, were you talking to me? I was humming. What did you say? No, I was talking about But no, no, if he had gotten on stage and sang Flight of the Concords, <laughs> Flight of the Concords, uh, the tape of love, it would have been so much better than that speech that he gave. While placing the subtext of blame upon the shoulders of racist white men to make a self-serving point concerning illegal immigration statement used uh, yeah it was horrible for starters a historical revisionist as we've seen Barack Obama left out the fact that those doing the beating in Selma were members of the Democrat party yes my friends it is a fact that those doing the beatings in Selma were members of the Democrat Party. The president dared not reveal that. He dared not reveal that 50 years later. Both he and his political cronies are now politically and economically billy-clubbing the very people he pretends to defend. Keynote Speaker Obama opened the discourse by extolling civil rights leader, martial law advocate John Lewis, Democrat from Georgia, predicted, predicted, predictedly, predictably. Before long, Obama's words started to sound more like he was discussing his own struggles as a fundamental transformer than commemorating a half century of injustice. Identifying himself with freedom marches at Selma, Obama began to compare the struggle for civil rights with the need for an unnamed oppressor to accept his idea of just, fair, inclusive of an of a just, fair and inclusive generous America. Just Fair, inclusive, and generous. We know what that last word means. That means that Obama wants some of us who have a little bit more to be generous and give some of our jack to those who have a little less. At one point, the president went so far as to side with <laughs> – yes, I'm laughing – because at one point, the president went so far as to side with his buddy, King Yee West, King Yee, I can't say it's Kanye, because it just doesn't, it just doesn't even read that way. Kanye West, by mentioning that white newsman Bill Platt confirmed 
Kanye's Beyonce versus Beck and Taylor Grammy assertion when he said that one day, on the day of the original Selma March, white people lowered the quality of the hymn singing. Oh, my goodness. I can't even – I don't even know what I just said there. It just sounds so ludicrous. Then what came across as a leftist jab to the jaw of those who disagree with his illegal immigration policy, Obama said, we are well served to remember that at the time of the marches, many in power condemned rather than praised them. He went on to say this. Back then, they were called communists, half-breeds, outside agitators, sexual and moral degenerates, and worse, Obama explained. Their fates were, quest- their fates were questioned. Their lives were threatened. Their patriotism were challenged. But, who- but-, but here's the thing, folks. Who were they challenged? These were all Democrats. Remember this. It was John, and he even mentions in his speech Senator uh, Senator Kennedy. But what he doesn't mention, of course, and he, of course, why would he? Was the fact that it was it was Bobby Kennedy who authorized the wiretaps on J on 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 uh, on MLK Martin Luther King. Because Hoover was looking for MLK's communist ties, his subversive behavior. He wanted to uncover this information because Hoover believed that MLK was a communist. Now, Hoover was a Democrat, by the way, but and John F. Kennedy was the Democrat president who authorized Bobby to authorize Hoover. These are all Democrats. So now Hoover's looking for communist ties when he bugged all those hotel rooms. Dead, Hoover was surprised to get tapes of MLK having sex in his hotel room with anything that moves every single night. So now Hoover... He doesn't want to have anything to do with that smut, which is why he called MLK a degenerate, because all he was hearing was MLK having sex on the tapes. So now he turns the tapes over to Bobby, and Bobby plays the tapes at cocktail parties, And Bobby and, and, and JFK are laughing their asses off at the sounds of MLK having sex in his various hotel rooms. All, But my point is, I know that's a little bit too salacious for some, but my point is clear. Barack Hussein Obama standing up at the bridge giving a speech about oppression and racism and so on, and the majority of it was coming from his own party at the time, Democrats. He wouldn't, he wouldn't say that. Why would he say that? He can't do it. 
Rest assured that when Barack Obama names dreamers shaping the country's course, America being not yet finished, and when he proposes closely aligning with our high ideals, what he is really referring to is a nation remade entirely upon progressive principles. Moreover, know this. When the president speaks of a, quote, a more perfect union and then says this is a roadmap for citizenship and an insistence in the capacity of, a free, of free men and women to shape their own destiny, the underlying theme is a cry for an America flooded to overflow with illegal immigrants. Take, for example, his reference in the speech to picking up um, torches and crossing the bridge, which was followed by his hinting at the moral equivalency between coyotes on jet skis smuggling illegals across the Rio Grande and those who legally migrate to America. I know it sounds crazy, doesn't it? The whole speech was just a big old mess. It was a terrible mess. And it was unfortunate. Obama ended his sermon by once again reminding those in attendance that our nation is not perfect. And by quoting Isaiah forty thirty one, a scripture he botched at the National Prayer Breakfast in 2013. Renewed in strength, tireless, transformationist Barack Obama said he considers himself among the we who abhor unfairness and despise hypocrisy, give voice to the voiceless, and tell truth that need to be told. While he constantly lies his ass off at every single turn, makes up stories about himself, makes up stories about his family. Do we know what to believe about this guy at all? It was sad. You know, I joked most of the show, but what's sad about this president is, and what and what so reminds us that we long for a president to bring this bring us together as a nation. Uh, all of us. You see, this is what happens when we elect community organizer and activist. In fact, this is what happens when we elect a black president. Even though he is a whole lot whiter than than the blackest man. In my opinion, he's only black or African American in skin tone only. But but that's for another show. But when you elect a guy like this, you don't expect him to talk to talk up America, to say America's a great country, that we're special. Expect him to talk about the Selma March and include everyone. And take the opportunity to help further heal this nation because he's a black man, because he's standing there. To talk about what a great nation we are as a result of it and holding himself up as an example of how far we've come and what a great nation we are. Did he say anything like that? Hell no, he didn't. 
he has further he that that speech further divided this nation along racial lines and from what i understand he's the, he was supposed to heal this nation because he's a black president because he's the first black president he was supposed to bring us all together he didn't know such thing nothing we're more divided than we ever were hell i'm thinking he's taking us back to the 60s and the 70s He's either the laziest, dumbest president, or as some would put it, oh, he's so shrewd. He's he's he he he's playing the game and he and he's good at it. He's pretending not to know what the hell is going on in his presidency to lull us into a false sense of security. He's really quite brilliant. No, he's not. He's not. Why would you spend your last two years or any of your years telling folks, well, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the first time I heard about it. I was reading the newspaper. Or I saw it on uh, MSNBC. It just tells me you don't have a hold on what, what what's going on in your own administration. You don't know what's going on in the country. You're You're just like anybody else when it comes to getting your information. And like I said, maybe I watch too much TV. Maybe I'm watching too much House of Cards. Where where the president knows what's going on before anybody else. If an article is out there that's going to have some damaging effect on the president's administration, he knows about it 10 minutes after – it's written in the paper five to ten minutes, and he's making calls or having somebody make calls to find out what's going on, and he's able to answer questions right away or not answer questions. But th- does the president ever tell you, I didn't know about it until after I read it in the paper? What were you doing? Is there anyone out there who still believes that this guy's smart, that he's like uh, on top of things? Is I don't think so. Now, we got about eight minutes left, and I promised I was going to do something here. Remember the story we talked about Thursday about the boy who was suspended from school for for chewing his pop tart in the form of a of a gun. He was suspended for that. Now he had uh, several incidents. I think in the um, twenty range of a little of, of of rambunctiousness, youthful exuberance. You know, he's a little he was a little mess, but he wasn't suspended for doing anything else other than chewing a pop tart in the form of a gun. He was suspended for two days. That suspension was upheld by the school board. So I thought we'd have a. But now the kid says that. He didn't – he wasn't chewing the Pop-Tart in the form of a gun. He was trying to chew the Pop-Tart in the form of a mountain, uh, similar to the one that he drew in the picture. So I thought I'd go ahead and head over to Walmart early today and get myself a nice box of Pop-Tarts. I've got the strawberry Pop-Tarts, and I have them sitting right here. 
I have two. And I am going to try to chew this Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun. So just give me a minute. Got it right here. It's quite tasty. Hi, what? Hold on there. Is this gross? Almost got it. Oh, oh, oh. Hold on a minute. You know what? The Pop-Tart's breaking. Maybe it's too soft. I got it like... Got... Wait a minute. That's <laughs> not possible. <laughs> Hold on. I got crumbs all over the place. Just as I thought. Mmm, mmm. Those Pop-Tarts are good. Better than I remember them. I haven't had a pop heart since I was a kid. All right. Obviously, I've just made a big mess. All over my desk, the pop tarts on my lap, but I was unable to. I was unable to turn this Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun. Now, I'm thinking a 45, right? A 45 automatic. It'd probably be the easiest gun to, to do, right? With a Pop-Tart. But you can't chew it into the form of a gun. If you're going to do anything at all, you got to kind of just break off a little piece. And you got to kind of mold it with your fingers in order to get it, you know, into the shape, like an L shape. And even then, it just looks like a. It looks like an L. It doesn't look like an actual gun. <laughs> yeah, and they're delicious. I wonder if if uh, Mary's uh, Mary's son-in-law can can chow down on one and try to try to do it himself and 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 make his into the form of a gun. Because I was unable to do it, and I just did it just now. I just chewed chewed the pop tart just now, and I've got pop tart everywhere, and it doesn't look like it doesn't look like a gun. It it I mean I barely gotten it into an L shape, and the kid was suspended for that. Remember a few years back when kids got when a kid got suspended or, or several. It was in the news. Uh, of course, Fox News catches this all the time for hugging. Another student, and I think another kid is now scarred for life and is a registered sex offender because he touched a little, another little girl's boobie. This was like several years ago. He touched her boobie, and he's like now registered sex offender because that's a sex crime. Things have gotten way too far, folks. We've gotten way too politically correct, which is what we're going to talk about <laughs> on Wednesday. We're going to talk about politically political correctness. Because let me tell you something. One day, I was I was a Marine officer at the time. A Marine officer, and I was talking to someone at the Pentagon. 
And I use the word negro. Negro. I'm part Spanish. My mom's Hispanic. So I said negro. Someone heard me. Some Air Force officer, female Air Force officer, heard me and reported me to an admiral who called me into his office and questioned me about using the word negro. Because the words sound, see Ed Kins, uh, yep, see Ed Kins, Mary, because the words sound too much like the N-word. Now, negro just means black in Spanish. <laughs> That's what it meant. And I spoke it with a Spanish accent. But here's the thing. This is how we get into trouble, folks. This is how the world has – this is what the world has come to. Political correctness run amok, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday because we won't be here tomorrow. But we're going to have this conversation on Wednesday, and it's going to be great. So make sure you be here. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Um, I appreciate it. You guys have so many things you could be doing and so many blog talk radio shows out there to listen to, so many other things to do, and you chose to come in and listen to my show, and I do so appreciate it. So thank you very much. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're out. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the flag. What do those words mean to you? To me, they say, thank you, America, for your strength, your courage, for our freedom, which has been a beacon to the world for 200 years. Of the United States of America. Whose bright stars are 50 states, each bearing its own stamp of individuality. People, 200 million strong. People who have come to her from all corners of the earth. And to the republic for which it stands. A land of laws. Genius system of checks and balances that allows no man to become a tyrant and lets no group prevail if their power is not tempered with a real concern for the governed. A land where the right of dissent and free speech is jealously guarded, where the ballot box is the sword and the people its wielder. One nation under God. A land where freedom of worship is a cornerstone of her being. A land graced with temples and churches, synagogues and altars that rise in profusion to embrace all the religions of the world. Indivisible. A land forged by the hot steel of raw courage, conformed forever by the awful crucible of civil war. With liberty. Where man in pursuit of an honest life will not be denied his chance. 
where her citizens move freely within her vast borders without hindrance or fear, a land brimming with opportunity, where freedom of choice is the guideline for all. The courts of our land are open to all. Its wheels of justice grind for all causes, all people. They look to every avenue for justice, every concern of the law, and they temper their reasoning with mercy for all. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.